this week on Invasion of the Podcast. And we talk about things, stranger things. And Paul rolls the dice and we see how much he knows about Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. We're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. Lego, my ego, Stedman, and to my left, as always, Joe, blinky lights made me sad, Peters. <laughs> blinky lights do make me sad. Yeah. So, uh, Or scared. Or scared. It just depends. It could be one or the other. Yeah. It could be good things, could be bad things. I saw a lot of posts online. Could be Stranger like, Things. Like, yeah, I saw a lot of posts online where like people were like, after I got done watching Stranger Things, the lights flickered. I'm like, one person says that, and then it's just like landslide of course that happened to you <laughs> yeah i whatever I, I could see that like like i i in my bathroom i have there, there's the four bulbs above my mirror and all four bulbs are, are are fine but the 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 fourth one wants to go on and off randomly yeah i'm not even bothering changing the bulb i'm like it'll come back what it wants maybe right. it could be it could be the ghost not ghost it could be someone just trying to tell me hey you should come get me another dimension yeah telling you they're to, really lazy if that's the case then. yeah it's just they're like light. I, I learned morris code he needs to learn morris code yeah so may, maybe eventually anyway uh we are going to talk a lot about stranger things today so just just be aware we did warn you on our facebook page but do you know why they are called spoilers there's gonna be a lot of spoilers so and i maybe i'll try to maybe keep some of it at bay because as we, we're gonna talk about further this is something that if you've not seen yet go watch it it's really cool so um so yeah, I, normally I have some kind of witty story about between the last time we recorded and now, and I got nothing. I just kind of, I after all the busy stuff that we had, we talked oh. about last week, I vegged really hard this past weekend, played a bunch of Overwatch, uh, watched a movie, and that was about it. I, basically, yeah. all my free time was Stranger Things. Yeah, that's like, too, and watching kinda, Stranger I Things. I kind of burned through yeah. Stranger Things, so that's part of the reason why the cast is going. Uh, nothing else for it? Yeah, yeah, I didn't really do anything else this weekend. Nothing yeah. exciting. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, yeah, I watched the movie The Invitational Netflix, which uh, it was it very. Um, which one was that? It it was. Um, I don't. I don't know how to tell you who's in it, other than Drew Carey's older brother from the Drew Carey Show is in it. You remember him? He was the old. Oh, never mind. Uh, it it was a movie that they advertised at the Cleveland Cinemas, which uh, of course it's another week where I mentioned them again. Please go support them; they're awesome. Invitation. Um, and it this movie only showed in like a handful of theaters because it was completely produced outside the Hollywood system. Which oh, yeah. you hear that and you're like, oh, okay, you know great. How that happens, yeah. But this is like the production value is crazy. There's a like it's good acting. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it because it's kind of one of those movies that, like, if you are if you're in for like a slow burn with. Like, you don't know what's going to happen next, like, with just, like, general is it, dialogue. Is it kind of that creepy one where the guy was friends with a dude in high school, and then, like, he's, like, he runs into him, he's like, hey, and then he comes and, like, and kind of intrudes in his life? No, that's, I might be, that might be, you might be thinking about, um oh, what was that called? 
I've talked about that movie before. Um, the Gift, not The Gift. That's a different movie. But he um, leaves like a gift on their doorstep. Right? Oh, that is The Gift you're talking about. I haven't seen that movie. Okay, I'm thinking, because um, the like, Gift's invitations, I mean. Yeah, I was thinking of The Guest, which is another great movie. Oh, gee. But, oh that's the one with David Hyde Pierce, right? No, that's The Perfect Host. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, Gift, I haven't seen invitations, that one. Invitations, Perfect yeah, right. Hosts. Guests. Yeah, um, no, Ugh. no, but the invitation—it's like it's—it's it's just um, and uh, real quick, not to go on too much about this is not the invitation podcast, but it's about a guy who <laughs> he is um, he is going to a dinner party with his ex-wife that he's not seen in two years, and the last time they like they like their whole relationship broke up because they lost Wait, their son. Does everyone have beards in this movie? No, he's the only one who has a beard. Damn it! And so I'm it becomes just like stop yeah, trying to figure this out. yeah, um, and it, it's really interesting because it's just like him dealing with his own grief of coming back to this house, but then there's other things going on, okay. you know. So there, I, I think it's worth watching. But that's all I did this week is watch that and play Overwatch. <laughs> there was a movie we went and saw something at the Capitol Theater of Cedar Lee, and it was like a suspenseful movie. I think I think it was when we went and saw Space Jam, maybe. But it was I think like, that was the trailer. The invitation was in there. I think that might have been it, where it was the dinner party, and it was like they had the guy with the hipster beard. All and, of them had beards, though. Oh, well. Yeah, because like we were laughing when we were watching it, because like every guy in that trailer seemed like they had a beard. And like every like like in between each little frame, like I kept looking at my girlfriend going, Beards. <laughs> like I was like, I hope to God this movie is called Beards. Oh, well, then beards. I, I don't mean to disappoint you. The, this movie had one beard in it. So no, anyway, that's, I watched it. It was good. Check it out. Um, that's neither neither here nor there. So um, let's just get to the news. I mean, some of this yeah. is sad. I don't want to, you know, get to it, but we got to talk about it. Good news, everyone. Hooray! Hooray denied. See, it's not all good news. So uh, we, we lost an icon recently, uh, Mr. Kitty Baker, who was... Uh, you may not have seen him, but you've definitely seen him yeah. all over the place. He was the Kenny, guy. Kenny Baker no. was R two D two, and I know a lot of people probably are just like R two D two is a robot and like different from C three PO in the sense that Anthony Daniels is inside the C three PO costume to actually like animate it. But you didn't really need anybody inside R two D two. You could have completely remotely controlled him. If you've ever been to a con, you've seen remote controlled R two D twos. But um, George Lucas had Kenny Baker inside the R two D cost R two D two costume from the start, and he's always been R two D two. Yeah, and, so. and what else is he was in a lot of different things, wasn't he? Um, As opposed to physically uh, inside R two D two, not not okay. really. Like he was in Time Bandits. Um, he was in Amadeus. Oddly enough, uh, he was like in, in a couple movies in the eighties, but uh, he really didn't. Ha- like I think he he did he did a lot of musical stuff, but okay. not so much like movies. Um. So yeah, he died at the age of eighty one on the thirteenth. Was it Sunday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, is which is actually really really impressive because I know um, you know people that are under like four foot tall definitely have a lot more health problems. Yeah, I mean and, generally people with these type of um, stacked decks against them in terms yeah. of like dwarfism or whatever they can have a lot of health issues. Which it, that's why I'm just like like Peter Dinklage, you need to stick around and finish yeah. Game of Thrones. Not that he, he looks fine. I mean, he drinks and he knows things. He looks like he's perfectly healthy. But you just you're always worried because you like uh, there's a couple times where it's like these people they they do pass away out of out of nowhere sometimes with yeah. complications from from this from being in his 80s and, and to be stuck in a metal can most it's, of his life. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. But it, it is it's impressive. And I mean like. To me, like, R2 is probably, um, and I hope that, uh, you know, I know Disney wants to take a lot of things and pass torches and just have BB-8, 
you know, be a main focal. And R2 was in episode seven, but um, like the that droid has always been like a key narrative for like the whole all all the trilogies. And I would hate to see them kind of take R two D two and put him on a back burner, not a back burner, but give him a back seat with the with the next two movies because. I mean, even C-3PO kind of, like, snuck in late to the game in Episodes 1 and 2, but those droids have always been a main part of the narrative of all those stories. And I think because they are robots, you can have them go on to whatever story. And yeah. and especially since, like, his, his role in Episode 7 with leading the way to Luke, he's going to be in it, you know? So it's yeah. like, I mean, you're going to have more... I would imagine you're going to have more R2, R2-D2 and CP-3O and BB-8 interactions because... One, it's going to be funny. Like I think it's like like BB-8 proved that you could have some really good comic timing, and I'd like to see them off. Not not almost like a Lucas style adventure, like an episode two. I don't need that garbage where they're that's where yeah, they're it was at. on Genosis. Yeah, where yeah, that was garbage. But I, I think it'd still be kind of fun to have them maybe like on their own little side mission, just being like the Three Stooges. Well, I not so much, but it'd still be kind of fun. Uh, well, there was some fun. Like I liked in episode three the lot of the stuff they did with R two when like he was on the. Um, when they were on Grievous's ship and R2 was just kind of in the hangar and the battle droids show up. And he's he just kind of handled the entire fight he, himself. Yeah, he's just kind of like hiding. But when they find him, he just totally like kicks their ass. And you're just like, oh, this little astromech droid just like totally put you guys over. Like, you know, that it was kind of like more of his charm. Yeah. And, you know, it was just like, you know, R2 is cool. He can hold his own. So I, I thought that was great. And I, and I always thought that R2 as a character, um, Lucas did have a special place for R2 in his heart because, you know, he got a lot of attention where, um, you know, and I think part of the, the coolest part about R2 was you, you never knew what he was saying, but they always conveyed the emotions really well. And I know a lot of it was just, you know, Kenny Baker's voice sped up to, to the beeps and the blips. Yeah, and I know Ben Burt did a little bit of that too, but also yeah. I think having, and, and, and I, though I feel like Lucas got away from this later in his filmmaking, having somebody be in that, even though it's like, like you know, basically like, you know, a, a tin can, mm-hmm. that gives the human actors knowledge, like, there's someone in here I can, I can talk to right. and act with as opposed to talking to an inanimate object, which, you know, like I said, Lucas kind of went away from that later. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, Kitty Baker, like, again, we've talked about this before on the show of, you don't realize how important certain people are and the things that you love until until someone points it out or they're gone, you know, so. Yeah, and it was it was surreal. Like, I was so, I wasn't, like, deeply saddened, but I was very sad, but it was just too surreal for me because it's, like, hitting that point in my age now where something that was important to me and as iconic as Star Wars characters are going to start dying, I, you know, not to sound morbid, but, like, you know, and I'm ecstatic that they got James Earl Jones to do Rogue One. You know, like, but yeah. like James Earl Jones is 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 way up there too, and it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to bite when you know people like him or David Prowse or uh, Jeremy Bullock just died recently too. You know, oh but, yeah, he was the original Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. but like, it, it's hard to. I mean, like looking back, like you never had that wrapped around your mind. You're like, oh, you know, this care this actor is like one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Like it's when like, Peter Mayhew leaves, like that's going to yeah. be kind of weird. Even though and, I mean, P- Peter, you, you never was supposed to see him. Yeah, and yeah. like Peter Mayhew's in the same boat with Kenny Baker in terms of like, like Chewbacca. Chewbacca is like so iconic as as R two was, and just the conveyance of like. You don't know what he's saying, but the emotion is there, and the message is always there. You can you can always get the the vibe of what the character is is feeling or doing. 
and it was like and there and Chewie is a fun character just like R2. Yeah. For that reason. And and you know, and same thing in in the real life with the actor, like Peter Mayhew's like so tall and it's it's the same thing. Health you know, people that tall can have health problems. Yeah, because we, we 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 lost a couple years ago. We lost Jaws. Um, the, the actor and I, his, his name fails me right now. But the guy that was inside Bruce. Uh, no, the guy oh, no, that no, was no. actually oh. Jaws and <laughs> James Bond. Other other Bruce. Yeah, not, not, not the not, guy inside the shark. Yeah, but yeah. the guy with the actual <laughs> Jaws. Right. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. His name's failing me, but he was the big tall guy that yeah. had health problems like through a lot of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're right. So yeah, it's sad. And and and, and I know as we go along, unfortunately. As we get older, like the icons that we love, like they're like recently this year we've already lost David Bowie. Uh, I know you were more of a Motorhead guy than I was with Lemmy. Lemmy. Like we've we've lost a lot of this, and then you know, like like the day Harrison Ford, you know, crashes his pot filled plane into the sun or whatever he's going to do, like that's going to be a sad day, you know. Yeah. Like, and we're going to be like, you know, that's going to be just I don't know. Like, there's there's those big ones that are going to go. There's going to yeah. be. I, I, I don't even want to think about that, but yeah, you're right. No, I'm <laughs> not specifically sad Harrison, news time. Not specifically Harrison Ford, but just just certain people that you're just like, wow, like yeah, ahead. like Prince Prince caught us off guard. That was kind of I, mean, I know you're not a big Prince. That guy, was like way like, off guard, but like certain yeah. certain people are going to hit that. Like, that like David Bowie really hit me, even though I was never All the biggest those David Bowie guys, fan because they were in their 60s, and that's yeah. still plenty of time. But like you know, that's off guard stuff. But things like like this, where you know the person is just like. Like Stan Lee, like I hate yeah. to say it, Stan Lee is ninety three years old. Like I am like on like the edge of my seat every time you know I, I hear or see about this guy because I'm like, God, this could be the last thing he does, or this could be you know because he's already kind of cut out cons. You know that's why yeah the, I, the East Coast stuff yeah yeah right. he's staying out there on the West Coast and that's it. Like to I think like San Diego Comic Con and maybe a couple others that are in California. But like, there's gonna come a point where he's not gonna do those either if he if he does. But like, I mean, there's people up there like, you know, your Betty White echelon where it's just yeah. like any time. And well, like, what was it this weekend actually, or t- tonight or tomorrow? Is Paul McCartney playing in Cleveland? Yeah, and it's like one of those moments where you gotta be like, is this the last time he's gonna be around a tour? Right. You know, and it's like, do I pay an ungodly amount of money? Yeah. To see this guy that, that influenced a lot of stuff I love. Yeah. You know. So, so yeah. Again. Um, things you love, appreciate them. And if you ever get the chance to tell the people that you appreciate the things they've done, do it. Like, don't hesitate, you know, yeah. like, like it's, it, it sounds like a joke, but we, I told Joe this like last week that, uh, Jake, the snake Roberts is coming to town, uh, yeah. in October. And I'm like, I want to go shake guy's hand. I kind of want to meet him too. Just because like, he's been through some shit and he's come out of it if, and he's still Jake, the snake though. It's right. like, it's just, you gotta and just say thank you for being just awesome and not giving up. It's funny. Like, um, I was talking to uh, Kevin at uh, from uh, Radio Violenta and Strange Highways. I was talking to him at Stacathlon, and I was I was telling him about Jake the Snake coming to town, and he was just like, "Oh, geez." And I'm like, "Dude, did you watch the Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts on Netflix?" He was like, "No." I'm like, "You have to watch yes. it. It's a really good documentary." And like, it it it's if you were a wrestling fan in the '80s at all, you you deserve you you should watch it. It's definitely worth it, and you, you it kind of like strikes strikes a nerve to see this guy what he went through and what he 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 came out of. And yeah, considering know. like his biggest like public fall from grace was in Lakewood, and Kevin was there. He was at that show. No, oh. he was across the street. Oh, like because wow. we started talking about it because I brought up Jake the Snake Roberts, and he was like. 
you know, I don't want to steal his story. You know, I'll probably have him tell you, but like he said, he was across the street. <laughs> no, 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 change it to where you're across the street. So, so Kevin, okay, so <laughs> I'm across the street, right? And Jake the Snake Roberts is at the foundry. And doing Kevin a was definitely show. nowhere near around. Yeah, I don't even know where Kevin was. Like he was, he was at Walgreens getting like a monster. Yeah. But um, no, and uh, he was playing across the street when he with one of the bands, and uh, he saw something going on like across the street at the foundry and like kind of the alley where they have down there in Lakewood. And it was Jake the Snake Roberts fighting that guy. (laughs) Oh, no. When he was drunk. And I was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I saw him out there. I'm like, that's in the documentary. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it says Lakewood, Ohio. And he's like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, you got to watch it, dude. Yeah. So, but I'll have him tell you that story because he probably tells a lot better. I. Yeah. Well, I will. I will be seeing him uh, this this coming weekend because of SummerSlam. Summer yeah. So I'll ask him to tell me the story, yep. and I'll be like, Kevin, tell me that story about the time Joe saw Jake the Snake Roberts fighting somebody <laughs> in an alley. No, I don't, I'm sorry, I did not mean to go off on that tangent. But yeah, like yeah. the people that like, I mean, I'm not saying he's one of my like favorite wrestlers, but it's like it's it's goddamn Jake the Snake, and he he has taken the. He's taken back what he, he he had in terms of like he he's making his life matter and he wants to do right. So why not go up to that guy and be like, thank you. And you're awesome. You know, mm-hmm. like so we wouldn't have yeah. uh, Austin 316 without him. That's true. He was kind of like the, the precursor to all that. Those so. shirts like I feel yeah. like he should get a little bit of a cut from those. Yeah. There was a time in the 90s where you did not you could not walk in a public area without at least seeing one Austin 316 shirt. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And it was all because of Jake the Snake Roberts because that was like part of his one like not so much a gimmick but a real thing that you know he was preaching a lot about john 316 and then like when austin beat him in king of the ring he was just like well austin 316 just said i whooped your ass boom t-shirt craze yeah like just immediate yeah. like you're never getting over that like right. yeah so um yeah there you go um Love right. the things that you love. And then we're going to talk more about things you love later. So anyway, um, uh, next bit of news, uh, something I love that's going away. Unfor- suddenly and unfortunately, uh, the nightly show with Larry Wilmore is actually, uh, you. we're recording tonight, Wednesday. This will be available Thursday. Thursday is his last show on Comedy Central. They didn't renew his contract. He was only on for about a year and a half. Uh, he followed Colbert. Uh, with that eleven, sorry, eleven thirty. Oh, so it was Daily slot. Show, Colbert, and then Whitmore. No, no, sorry. By following, I mean when Colbert left, he took over the eleven thirty time slot. So you had the Daily Show, Nightly Show, and then at midnight. Mm-hmm. So he was he was the guy that was taking over Colbert's time he slot. He couldn't keep it going. Well, I I think um, so. They they say that he wasn't. Like, I watch very little Colbert uh, um, and Daily Show though. So well, uh, critically he was doing well. People like you know like the critics loved it, but it just wasn't like I guess they the rating, ratings weren't where they wanted it to be. So they they they've canceled him. I'm just bummed out because I feel like, and I'm conflicted about the new Daily Show. I think Trevor Noah. I think he's interesting. He can be funny. Um, I I don't see I don't see any outrage with him, and I know it's a comedy show. It's supposed to be comedy. I get it, but like Stewart could make you mad, but make you laugh till you cried too. Like, and I'm not saying that it's, un, it's it, it is unfair for me to compare a newer person in that role compared to a guy who who carved out a niche that wasn't even there. But he made he made the gold standard in terms of what you want for your late night sort of, of comedy journalism. Yeah, right. Like, there's nothing else that's been reproduced in that sense. Like, I mean, you got you got everybody else like that's come off of him, like like John Oliver, yeah. Samantha B, Stephen Colbert, even like spread right. it off. Well, of yeah, him. Colbert yeah. is definitely like a spinoff of that. Yeah, and you got he's got to get a lot of, a lot of credit because I remember when he, when Colbert was on the Daily Show, but like, um, but yeah, like there was nothing before the Daily Show like that, and like I remember. Kind of like in its mid, 
in its midlife when it was just like people started to take it as a serious news show, but still comedy. Yeah. And it was like you could watch it and you could find out almost everything else you could have found out on any other news show. But it was satirical and so funny that the way that it was delivered, it's kind of like when you kind of got the spoon in the baby and you're just like, ah, oh, here it comes. Yeah, and you're then, still you're getting entertained, but you're actually taking yep, the information. You're taking it in. And I feel like there's still some of the, the correspondence they have on The Daily Show, I think, are still great. And I think the show's okay. It doesn't because I feel like there's still a lot of the writers that were there from when Stewart was was you know hosting the show. I, it just again I don't dislike. Um, uh, I just had to say Trevor his name, Noah. Trevor Noah. See, I, no, I just I don't dislike him. I just I need him to make this his own, and he just grins his way through everything. And it's like that doesn't that doesn't strike with me. Larry Wilmore is funny, but he gets outraged, and it's like and he has right to be outraged. But so some of his stuff would have was really acidic, but also just like you had to shake your head and laugh because it was so bad. I think like, that that's part of like like Stewart's formula, though. Like, it is. It that, was like you, I resonated more with Wilmore because of that. Yeah, like, he would deliver. He would deliver the news, and it would be like something so ridiculous, and then his reaction is just like eye rolling, and then yeah. it's just like then the laughs. You know, it's like you, you kind of you're like, yeah, that is terrible. What the hell? But yeah. then you're just like, then you kind of cracks a joke about it. And you're just like, ah, oh, geez, like makes light of it, you know? Yeah. And like John Oliver does the same thing now. Like, I don't know if you've watched it last week tonight. I've, I love it. I'm I familiar with it. this show. Oh. Like, I like John Oliver. Yeah. Like, I've seen him induced, you know, like when he was on Community. Yeah. Which we'll talk about in a, a second. second. Yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, like I liked some of it. Like, I can't remember what else I saw him in. But he's pretty funny. Yeah, and, um, and also with Sam B doing her uh, full frontal on TBS, which I don't have cable anymore, so I can't see full episodes, but the clips I've seen on YouTube are amazing because she gets to the point, she's angry, she's funny, and she does not give a shit now. Like It's basically like, I just wish that Comedy Central would have been like, here, you have The Daily Show whenever they're going through their changeover. Yeah. But they didn't want to give it to her. I, I don't know why. I just, oh. But anyway, so Larry Wilmore... You, your voice needs to be out there. He's a comedian. I'm sure he'll find someplace else oh, to be. Yeah. But I, I need him in a a political talking format. Like I would love if one of these guys actually hosted like an actual roundtable, like on CNN, like late night. Like I would just I would be all about that. Like not Bill Maher, where it's almost like you can't get through. Just like Bill Maher's kind of gotten to be a bit much at times now, but yeah, yeah. You know, I just I I, know. I've watched uh, real time with Bill Maher like years and years ago before. Yeah. But his format was was entertaining for what it was worth. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, Bon Voyage, Mr. Wilmore. I I will miss you. I enjoyed your show a great deal. Um, but good news, everybody. Uh, and I played that already. Uh, Community uh, seasons one through five are available on Hulu currently, and season six was produced by Yahoo. Yahoo's went through, through some hand changing recently. Yeah, they have. And part of the reason why is because their attempts at making television didn't quite take off, and they lost a lot of money. So thanks to Community. Probably maybe also one of the nails <laughs> in their coffin, but season six, which is kind of you can't see it currently because Yahoo is going through. Some you think NBC sitting there going just told you so? Yeah, right. But you um, know what? The fans won, so I don't care. Yeah, like and, we got a sixth season of Community. All we need is that movie, and we're good. Well, and somehow we got a fifth and sixth season. Whenever after they kicked Dan Harmon off for the fourth season, so somehow we ended up getting two good seasons after that fourth. They kicked one. him off for the fourth. Yeah. Like he he um after I thought the, he was gone for the third. No, the fourth season. The third season was his, and the fourth season uh, is. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. You're right. You're right. It's the one that they they always joke about later, calling it the that was the year of the gas leak. They always talk about like in season five, right? Where um, they're like from another dimension and stuff. Well, they just kind of they kind of just like dismiss season right. four a little with the bit pit where they had to get rid of each other. Uh, that was yeah, so and weird. it was weird. Um, but but yeah, season six community. 
is going to be available on Hulu. So the complete series of Community will be available at the end of this month on Hulu. If you guys don't have Hulu, get the trial just to watch Community. Yeah. It is you, an amazing show. If you haven't watched Community, it's definitely definitely a good watch. It took me a while to like finally find it, I guess. I knew about it. And like when I sat down, I started watching the first season. It was just like a take. I just took off. Like I couldn't stop. Yeah, there was something about midway through the first season when they started kind of dipping their toes in the different genres, but then doing a good job with it. There's just like, like so many. Like you know, we talk about nostalgia and things like that, but there's just so many good plugs to things that like you know, if you're listening to this show, we love you know like nerdisms and things like that where it's just like you know even you know the doctor who stuff and the the gi joe episode where it's like literally a whole a- animated episode like gi joe and they brought back some of the original gi joe voice cast for that too <laughs> yeah and there's an 8 bit episode where everybody's 8 bit yes. there's a claymation christmas special yes. is it cr- christmas yeah there's and, the, like, and there was the whole one where they just played Dungeons and Dragons at a table, and all they had was sound effects to kind of go along yeah. with what they're talking about, and it was epic and funny. The two Dungeons and Dragons episodes were on on point. Like, yeah, they were really good. Joseph so. was it Joseph Gordon diehard? Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> remember the names like, of the characters. There were some yeah. good ones, and then like Ken Jong looking completely like a dark elf. Like yes, um, <laughs> and then Chevy Chevy Chase is grabbing the Dungeon Master's guide and figuring out how to cheat his yep. way through everything. Yep. It was really funny, yeah. but but yes. Um, I cannot recommend Community highly enough. Uh, so I'm ex- I'm excited because I get to actually finish it. But we need a movie now of some fashion. We do six seasons of a movie. movie. Yeah, and that's a that's a catchphrase from the show because they, they always make a joke. They always it. make a joke about it, like you know something six seasons in a movie. And it was it's kind of like a like a fourth wall break meta joke where it was like that's what they wanted to do with the whole thing. So. And yeah, and, and they got six seasons they get, for a show that was always on the bubble from season one on about being renewed. Yeah, it made it six seasons. It was kind of like ah, yeah, it was limping along. And like I remember always hearing "Communities on the chopping block." It's on the chopping block, and it always gets somehow pulled off. Yeah. So and I anyway, enough about that. We've we've uh, we've waxed nostalgic about those things. Ah, now it's time to wax nostalgic about other things. And now for our feature presentation. <laughs> I feel like we should have like started with like a quick like strange conversation about it and then just yeah. got quiet and then started the credit yeah. sequence like it always does. I've been like, why is this microphone floating by itself across uh, the table? Yeah. yeah anyway, so, so um, yeah. yeah, Netflix knocking it out of the park again with their original programming. So um, I just read today, too, that Stranger Things has reached the number three spot as the top watched show on netflix number three number three and which it, it beat out daredevil jessica jones and uh orange is the new black no okay. uh the only two that are beating it are fuller house and orange oh, jesus christ yeah i don't I, I that was the thing i was just like i was like oh it's probably house of cards right, nope. yeah nope yeah but it's beating house of cards too oh wow yeah um so if you guys have not had a chance to see this it is um an eight part uh movie i don't know you might as well call it a movie um, it is available on Netflix. You can binge watch it tonight. I wouldn't recommend it because you probably have to work tomorrow. Uh, but it is... You get sucked into it. And oh they do goodness. such a good job of leading them. Because yeah. like every episode I watched, I was like, damn it, I got to go to bed. I'm like, I got to know what happens. Yeah. Uh, so, and it is... Um, it's set in 1983 in Indiana, um, probably just a couple couple hills away from Pawnee. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. I was always waiting for a young Ron Swanson to make his way through uh, the city just, of... Just uh, beat up the monster. Uh, what was the name of the city? Uh, Hawkins. Hawkins, Hawkins Indiana. Indiana. Um, and it is... 
Uh, I, I almost don't want to give away the plot, but I feel like talk about it, we got to talk about some of the plot, though. Like, you kind of do. I mean, like the the basis of it really is, and it has a it's a, it's a super X X Files vibe to it. Um, there's like a, a Department of Energy in Indiana, and you don't know what is going on there, but it's it literally leads off with a scientist running down a corridor from something that's making noises that don't sound human. It felt very like Aperture Science, like Black Site, yeah. Mesa, whatever, like, like Black Mesa. The beginning of like, every sci-fi horror movie yeah. with a scientist running away from a monster, and you don't see the monster, of course. Um, you know, and then the the monster gets him. You know, no spoiler there, uh, <laughs> because no name scientist. But um, then, you know, you proceed to meet, like, kind of your heroes, I guess you could say, the, the, the Goonie-esque kids where they're playing Dungeons & Dragons. And, it, like, from the rip, when I saw that, I was like, God, this feels like the beginning of E.T. Yeah. Because the kids in E.T. in the beginning were playing Dungeons & Dragons. So my question for you, this is set in 1983, like, the, 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 the late summer, fall, it, yeah. it was like, like September 83, right? Um, I know Dungeons and Dragons was like prevalent, but how popular was it? Did it take? I know it took off in the eighties, but where was it more of like a seventies thing? And it, it started because I know it it boomed in the eighties, okay, and then it kind of peaked in the nineties. So this is something. Not that I'm going to fact check it, but this is something that these kids would have latched onto and been oh all yeah, about it. Okay, it was because like even ET when ET came out, like like ET came out in like eighty two, eighty two, eighty two, yeah. like. Spielberg put D and D in ET because he loved it, and it was and and, and it wasn't new because okay. I don't want to get into it because we got the quiz at the end. Oh, sorry, but um, but you know, like you meet these kids, and it's very like you know, it's very much like the Goonies. You got like the the four kids, even there's more kids in the Goonies, but um, Goonies ET style. It's like you kind of get to know these kids as the characters. Um, one of the kids ends up when they all go home after D and D. One of the kids en- ends up running into that monster more or less you don't you know they, they you don't do, know what happens to they him, do a yeah. good job of hiding the monster for the suspense of the whole season yeah. but you know it's there something happens like the monster and the kids something happens where it, it doesn't really take him but like they disappear yeah like just boom he's just gone and then like for about like five or six episodes it's like what happened to the kid you know and then yeah and then they they kind of throw in um other th- weird kind of small things happening. There's um there's a girl that a little like she's like what twelve fourteen twelve uh, probably she yeah like she's around the age of the kids yeah. yeah so she was she's the very awkward they were uh, all like high school like like seventh eighth grade high school they were probably like of, seventh grade yeah yeah something like that but she's their age and she was at this Department of Energy but she was kept there as an experiment and she has basically telekinesis. So yeah, and some and other stuff. Some that other stuff do, yeah. that she can do. But she gets out the same night that this happens, yeah. and there's a whole like you know the, it, the again I don't want to ruin this whole like the the reveal of kind of how it all put, gets put together because they credit to the Duffer brothers, which by the way I was reading about them, they're identical twins. Did you know yeah, that? Like, I read that's, that. That's, that's kind of I don't know. It's like it, I don't know why that should be like that's awesome, or is that really creepy, or do they just touch their hands to each other's foreheads and get thoughts from one another? Or I don't. They know. turn into like one duffer, one like duffer, giant it's duffer. Like, oh, it's, it's the duff. It's like like uh, what's his name in Bill and Ted, like Station. They just turn into a duff. It's like then he then duff starts directing everything. Like whoa, it's like they just hold each other's hands and the, and one of them's like that's a good idea. The other one's like of course it is, and then yeah. they go and they, they like direct everything. So um, credit to them though. Like I think that's pretty cool that like they this was they have made one other movie called hidden which i think is on netflix and because of that script in that movie uh, m night Shyamalan convinced him to write for wayward pines which i've not watched that people like it sounds very um, it's Wach- on, sounds very wachowski yeah kind of because know. like wachowski's had to do what trapped 
they did a couple things before they got into to be able to do the Matrix. Well, no, they had to make one movie before Warner Brothers would let them make. The was Matrix. that Bound? Was that it was one Bound, that? Okay, not yeah. Trap. Bound. Yeah. They made Bound, and then they were like, "Go ahead, yeah, you can make the Matrix." Yeah, so that's what that sounds like. So they they pitched this idea, and they were able to to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so for someone that they don't have a big pedigree, like you know, their scope and their grasp of the material is amazing. Yeah, and it just um, and again, watch the series like it, it so. Joe and I were talking before the show, and I didn't want to like ruin it for ourselves because we haven't actually talked about this yet. Um, it is so soaked in the '80s, but it's not that kind of yeah. all-knowing, winking at you, soaked in the '80s that we get a lot now. With hey, guys, remember this? Or yeah. like there was no like you saw a Trapper Keeper, but it wasn't like right. all leg warmers and hair bands. It was like there were Evil yeah. Dead posters. The, um, you know, the was it the Clash? Yeah, uh, the the music's like the we'll music, talk about the music but, later. But like the hair and the outfits and like, you know, everybody didn't look like they had a makeup stylist from 2016 just, you know, with an 80s hairstyle. Like I remember I went on I was online looking up a lot of the actors and I think it was like Nancy's mom, Mike and Nancy's mom. I like I saw a picture of her and I'm like, god, she looks like like way different because they literally 80 80sized her. With the with, big bangs in her hair. With the her, crazy yeah. bangs in the outfits. And, like, even Nancy's friend Barb, I'm um, like, she looks on point like that friend in high school that somebody would have that just is, like, way too many frills on that shirt. Those glasses are way too big. That's very 80s. And, like, I kept telling my girlfriend, I was like, God, she reminds me of somebody. And it was like, I finally realized she reminds me of the one girl who's friends with the other girl in Goonies. That tags oh, along. Yeah, the one with the braces that's kind of like the smart yeah, ass. The, yeah, yeah she, I'm like, God, she, the one that was kind of always like busting Corey Feldman's chops. Yeah. The, I'm like, yeah. she totally reminds me of that character. And it's like almost the same exact character. Yeah. And, and my look and everything. And I was just like, wow, this is like really, you know, really good and on point. And then we were, we were talking about like the bikes. So many kids, like that's where I got the ET vibe from too. Is like, yeah, these kids, they, they, they're all over the town with their bikes, always their, yeah. their BMX bikes. And like your typical you don't see bike. that nowadays. Yeah. Like kids aren't all over the town with the bikes and hanging out. Like because those kids would do different things, and everybody's so seated inside. You don't need a bike. Yeah. You know. And then you've got the the girl uh, whose name was Eleven because I'm sure they oh, the, the the girl from the laboratory. The, the yeah. girl from the laboratory is telekinesis. She's one of the stranger things, and and uh, <laughs> she's basically trying to fit into society in a sense after she escaped and in she's scared. She's on the run. She, she doesn't talk much, no. but she does latch on to these kids, um, you know, as kind of like a friend. Well, and, because they're they're a bunch of um, cast offs and losers, right? Which I yeah. mean, that that's an easy thing to go to, but and that, that's something I want. Thank you for reminding me of this. Um, I wanted to talk about this. So you meet the kids; they're playing Dungeons and Dragons in the basement. And it's like this is the stuff they love, but it's almost like they don't, they can't, they're not going to go anywhere else because. Who else are they going to be friends with? Because right. they're they are the castoffs, they are the they are the geeks, they are all that stuff. And this isn't a point of pride. I mean, amongst themselves, it is. And their one teacher, their one science teacher, you can yeah. tell he was he was them growing up, which he's he's awesome, by the way. Uh, he reminded uh, me so much. I kept thinking it was Justin Long. It, it did look like Justin Long. Oh, yeah, did they just put um, a mustache on him? But these kids are like made fun of, and they're yeah. like they're you know, bullied and everything. It's like that's what I remember growing up. And yeah, I'm going to be guilty of being like, this is the time I grew up. It's like, I would have been five when this took place. Uh-huh. And that was like, you know, and so, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to go along with those guys and do all the thing. But I remember that they, it, it felt right. 
and, and maybe maybe that's why I'm giving it maybe a little too much love because it felt right yeah. to me. Uh, because I, I, I can watch Back to the Future and enjoy that. I don't know what the 50s is like, but I know what the 80s is where Marty is to begin with. Yeah. And even though that's like Hollywood 80s, that still felt like closer to me than the 50s. So when they go back now 30 years, it's like, shit, that is my childhood. Yeah. And, and that feels like very... So I like I was telling Joe at the beginning, of, like uh, before we recorded, that the moment they're on their bikes, first time they're all riding their bikes at nighttime, you hear this like John Carpenter-esque score, which we play a little bit of it, uh, from a band called Survive. You guys should look them up. They're awesome. Um, I was like, I'm in. This reminded me of every movie from that time. And yeah. I, I just I dove head, head first into it. So where we're at in the, the series we're talking about, like with the bikes and thing, let's talk about Winona Ryder. Yes. I loved Winona Ryder in this series. Like, Even at the beginning am, where she was like like shrieky crazy lady? Yes. Okay. She sold that so good. She like, did. I'm not doubting that. Like I was I was like watching it and I'm just like cuz I'm not a big Winona Ryder fan, but this she's really kind of tipped me on her cuz I was She was the mother of the of the boy, of the that boy was, who got kidnapped. That kid, missing just by the or, monster yeah, whatever vanished. Missing kidnapped. But like it was just kind of like I was just like man, like she is just crazy. Like and and not like crazy to like where you, you, it's kind of like a weird. She was crazy, but not like insane. I know that sounds like a difference. Yeah. Of like she was driven crazy because her son was missing, and you could tell that she was at the end of her her threads just because you know she had a bad marriage and she's trying to keep these like yeah. her like the older brother is kind of a, a weirdo as well, and it's yeah, like he's I a little socially awkward, and it's like <laughs> and so th- this is a family that it is the like she's like the the Roseanne. Of like trying to hold the family together and just like you, it's your day to day. Kind of, yeah. Your, your job is to be the mom and keep the kids going because she she knows that as long as they stay smart and stay in school, they're gonna have better opportunity than she had. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get that vibe the entire time. Like yeah. I'm trying to give you like at least a semblance of like well, family life. And it's weird to see Renona Ryder in that role because I've seen her in so many other things. You know, like wasn't she in uh she was in Heather's, wasn't she? Yes. And Heathers, yeah. I mean, even Alien for Pete's sake. And, uh, yeah, Alien Three. No, know, sorry, Alien Resurrection. Alien Resurrection, yeah. and like Edward Scissorhands, and it's just like the but, Winona Ryder I know. But is, she grew up in the eighties, and like um, Beetlejuice and Beetlejuice. Like the yeah. Winona Ryder I know has always been those type of characters, and then this character she's playing like this, this matriarch, like single, strong single mom character. It was just like I just thought she killed it. No, she did. She yeah. did, um, and because like even though. She did do ridiculous things at times, which, by the way, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this joke right now because it just started to occur to me. This show should have just been called Eerie Indiana. That's what the show should have been called. <laughs> that would have been perfect. That deserves a better laugh than that. I'm sorry. Like, uh, anyway, I've never yeah. watched Eerie Indiana. But that's a perfect name for it. It, it is. Been like, that yeah, is anyway. a really good name. I don't know, though. Stranger <laughs> Things. Like, but just call it Eerie Indiana. You know, it, we talked. We talk, we, I think we talked about this a little bit before the show. Is just like, they this, like... It's so such a Stephen King vibe. Even the font. That's the maybe intro. I, maybe I should back up. It wasn't the bikes. It wasn't the music that got me. It was the goddamn font. When like, I saw, even when it hits, it's like yeah. the lines finish. I'm like, even the intro is like the 80s. Yes, and like Stranger Things sounds like something he would write. Yes, and I and the the font. Like I I, I don't know if I've ever talked about this in the show before, but I I have a hang up on fonts. Like like you give me like the right font and I'm just like I, <laughs> like I'm intrinsically happy with it. I don't know yeah. what it is, right? Like um so when I saw the promotional materials for this and they had like the photo of like the the like the blue night sky and the kids on their bikes mm-hmm. and the flashlights and like just you, you see the font and I'm just like I don't know what this is. I, you, I'm already 85% in, in love with it. Now and then I started watching it. Like I, I watched it the, this is one of those things I didn't even tell Mary I was turning on. She didn't know what it was. I'm like, "All right, we're in." 
Like that was all there is to it. Like yeah. you're, you're stuck with me for now. The next eight episodes, uh, <laughs> you just got on this roller coaster. Oh, but this, that font is amazing. And by the way, we should probably link this on the website. Someone went out of their way to make a page that you could type in whatever word you want and you'll get like an image like that. Uh, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. So you can strange to find things. That's cool. Um, so yeah, we're talking about all like the coat of paint on this that we love, but, um, I think uh, what it gets for me is like, there has been a big resurgence recently. It feels like not resurgence, but people are looking back on the eighties now and taking it seriously. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, um, well, a lot of I mean, things are like, like, like anything in time stuff comes full circle and comes back. Yeah. Like, but it's like you, there's the movie that came out last year. It follows, which I know you have not seen that yet, but I, I own it and I love it. Even though that movie set today, the way it's shot and the music and the pacing all feels like, like a lost John Carpenter movie. And it's really good. And it just feels like now people are starting to come back to that and be like, there was definitely a line where um, there was horror movies in the eighties that were still being taken seriously as subject matter in films that could have humor in it. That was well-earned, but not sarcastic and winking at the camera. And I know I've said that earlier already in the episode. Um, and I, I don't know where that dividing line is. We could easily point to scream being in the nineties where it finally started turning back on itself. Yeah. But, and I'm not saying that every eighties horror movie is perfect because there's a lot of garbage out there and there's a lot of it that is self knowing, but there was, it just seems like these people are starting to turn back and be like, Oh, we could tell the story of these kids that discover this girl of powers and the small town dealing with grieving with the loss of one of their own. And, and it's like, and still make it like you care about what's going on and still laugh with them but it's not trying to be so so smart, like show you how smart it is, yeah. you know? And I don't know where that line happened in the 80s. There was something there where we kind of went away from that. And filmmaking-wise, I'm not saying the 80s was the best time ever because, I mean... No, I think 80s, yeah. like, at least for us, like, I know we there's a lot of gems in the 80s, but there are a lot of, like, bad movies in the 80s. I know, like, Quentin Tarantino has said that he hated a lot of films in the 80s. Yeah. At least comedies. Um, but, like... Um, yeah, like with Stranger Things, like it, it, like I, I, that's one of the biggest. I mean, the, it, it was a two-parter for me. Like, like you said, they nailed they nailed the era. It was great to be in that era again. You know, I know some people who probably listen, or some people who don't remember that era, um, or even probably weren't born in that era. Like they yeah. they won't get that. But the the content of the story was great. Um, you know, it was very intriguing. Uh, God, I mean, there were it, it. It had a great vibe of of suspense and fear at the perfect moments. You know, the, the any time that monster showed up, like there were times where you're just kind of like, "Whoa, that was that was close." Well, even like the fate of what happened to the guy that ran the diner that Eleven ran into. Okay, at, at first, is that is that going to be one of your problems with the, the yeah, show? Yeah, I oh, got it. Okay. We got to talk about Hopper for a second. So, well, the Hopper's the sheriff, right? Hopper is the sheriff. Okay, I do not understand how, and this is kind of a big spoiler. All Benny did was feed Eleven, and he gets a bullet to the back of the head. Benny's the guy. He runs a diner. He runs a diner. Yeah. When you first meet Eleven, she's on the run, and she's got her, I guess, hospital gown, hospital gown yeah. on because she's in a research facility. <laughs> she sneaks into the diner, starts eating food in the back, and he sees her, and he's just like, hey. And then he realizes she's kind of a runaway, so he's kind of like, sorry, you know, like, I'm going to try to help you find your parents, blah, blah, blah. Calls, like, the government or the cops or children's services. The bad guys, the they, government. Yeah, they intercept that call. They intercept yeah. that call. They send like one of the hit people to come over and pose as children's services. As soon as dude turns their back, bam, bullets in the back of the head. All he really did was kind of, and like he was going to take him to the kid. Yeah. So 
Hopper, who's the sheriff, starts Aaron Brockovich in all over town for like the weird crap that's going on. Like yeah. he breaks into the facility at least two times. Yeah. And they never kill him. I, I think I know. Like, here's my justification for that. One, whenever they first encounter Benny, they think they can get this girl back right then and there, and they're going to be done with this. And they they're, just want to wash their hands. And that's it. it, right? You're right. Plus, and, like, killing a sheriff is a lot harder to cover up rather than make it look like. Which they kind of imply that they're, they, they keep trying to erode his character in front of everybody else. Yeah, but. Like, with. Because with, they, they, he's already a broken man. And this is. I think Sheriff Hopper is one of my favorite characters of recent memory because he's flawed, but he's a good guy. But life has kicked him down, yeah. and he still wants to do the right thing. But he's lost a lot, and so whenever he has this opportunity to actually, like at first he just wants to do his job and be done with yep. it. But then he gets he gets hooked into it because yeah. it's a kid missing, and, and he, he lost a kid, and it's like he and it's like you you get the feeling that like him finding Will is him making up for him failing his daughter. Yeah. Like you get this whole vibe the entire time. So I love his character. And, and I just, yeah. I but feel like, you know, he just because he lives at a, almost a van down by the river. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but I just feel like they should have killed him so many times. Cause oh. like, you know, when he finds that stadium and he's just like beating him up, he's like, who set you up to this? Who and then there's the, the cars like right there and it takes off. And I'm yeah. just like, they're going to probably kill both of them. And then yeah. he's like, Nope. But no, I loved Hopper too. I thought he was a great character, and like we, we you know, we got to go back to Hopper, you know, and talk about the end of the, like what they did with Hopper. But um, I just wanted to jump into that real quick because you mentioned Benny. Yeah, so it, like that set the tension up for me because I thought it's like, oh, this guy seems like a nice guy. He might be like because you okay. So um, I feel like Stranger Things is probably the greatest Stephen King book that was never written. Yeah, like and the greatest eighty Stephen King book never written. Because it feels like that because you have a small town, you get to kind of get to know a lot of the people there. There's there's kind of like their own small town politics that go on. There's a power struggle between like the kids that think the grown ups don't know anything. And then even amongst the kids, you have the high school kids, you have the preppy kids. And there's like this cl- uh, clash classes. Uh, you have like the loser sheriff. Like you have like everybody's broken. The, and that's like the epitome of like early Stephen King is everybody's broken. See, but they didn't keep it that way. Like I, I, I had a problem with with Steve. Who is Nancy's boyfriend? So Nancy is the older brother, the older, of, the older sister, older, of, older sister. I'm sorry, older sister of um, Mike, who's one of the four kids. Yeah, yeah, and her brother. What am I saying? She's kind of got like her own little side story where she's she's kind of fooling around and losing her virginity with this guy in high school. To Toto, the song Africa. Yeah, because that's what everybody lost their virginity to was Africa. <laughs> Oh, but, that that kind of was like really that's the song that's playing right now. Ow. Like some of the music was amazing. Yeah, like the choices. That felt like, could you pick any other song but Africa? But nope, got to play Africa. I don't think Africa's that bad of a song. No, I probably not, wouldn't no, get no, down no, to no, it. No, I, I love that song, but I feel like it's almost reached levels of um, uh, Don't Stop Believing now, like karaoke-wise. Uh, like, I feel like people are yeah, starting to reach I for that as that. like almost loving it ironically. But yeah, anyway. I, did, I just I didn't like the redemption of Steve. And that's basically I actually like that. I didn't like the redemption oh, of Steve. Oh, I like the... Because it kinda, showed me that Steve was a complicated character. Like, he wasn't... You're he right. was an asshole, but he was influenced... Yeah, but so he was almost like he grew up a little bit too. Like, and yeah. and the fact is that even though he treated um, uh, Jonathan, I think it was the older brother yeah. of Will. Will, who's the um, kid that got kidnapped? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, look it up, guys. There's a whole Wikipedia about all these uh, different names. Well, you, um, hopefully you're listening to this after you watched it, yeah. because if you're just kind of like, I'm going to jump into it and learn the whole thing. No, I thought Steve was monster fodder. Like after he, I kind of did, and his face is covered in blood. And Although like, I loved, oh. I loved when he showed up, and they were just like, "You need to get out of here now." And he's, he's like, just like, "What's, what's going, going on?" on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like you gotta go we got monsters to summon so how'd you um, feel about nancy 
deciding that the way she's going to be a hero is take this monster that doesn't necessarily exist in this plane, but bring it out and then trap it in her house. How does that feel? Does that, does that feel kind of like a movie you've seen before? Does that feel very much like Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1? Yeah. And the fact that her name's Nancy? Oh, okay. If we're going to yeah. talk about like what movies feel like. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, uh, like uh, what what's up with the ending and be, totally just being Dreamcatcher? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, like, yeah. like the whole ending, like I, I think you mentioned like Mary didn't like the ending. I didn't like the ending either. I like the ending a lot. Like that whole scene when it's just like, and then you see the little thing, and I'm just like, this is the whole plot of Dreamcatcher. Like, trying kinda, to stop a slug kinda. from going in the water. And no. now we have Dreamcatchers. No, no. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Um, I like the ending a lot because it wrapped up the emotional beats that you had in the story. The overall season is where's Will? How do we get him back? Yeah. And then what is going on? I feel with, bad with, for Will. Yeah. And also, what's going on with the lab? What's going on with Eleven? You get all those answers, right? So then if the season ends with a little stuff like like loose ends in terms of like what could happen next... I'm perfectly fine with that because, again, it feels like a Stephen King book because even in Victory, yeah, th- you you pay a price. There was there was definitely a price. Like, yeah, they lost like like Mike, who's one of the four kids. We had a crush on Eleven. The yeah. kids lose Eleven supposedly, and and, and, and and Sheriff Hopper has to make a decision that is seems like out of character for him. But at the same time, it's like, what decision could he make? Yeah, you know. So it's like I didn't I didn't mind that. Well. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Like, like they did, they left some questions unanswered. Like, what happened at the end with him? You don't know. Like, like, he gets in the car. Then it's like then he's bringing food to Eleven, which you you assume she's somewhere else. So, the, the, basically, though, we talk about like you got your reality, and then you got this other other plane of existence that that so, they found by accident yeah. called so the that, Upside Down. Yeah, we need to explain the monster probably a little bit. well we don't need to explain, explain it. it hopefully you watched it but so 11 goes and they're using her to kind of basically i want to say like almost farsi like she could she mentally, could yeah they, they give could, her the photo of someone distant to, to go spy yeah, on them she can, to like, get intel yeah like she can Russians. like astro- astrally project herself which is D stuff but <laughs> um so she can go but when she does this she somehow encounters a monster from another plane of existence and she she gets away because she's not physically there so she gets away from it but then matthew modine's character who is the head of the, the, science, the, head of the science facility which um <laughs> uh somebody on facebook asked us like who do you think was like scarier matthew modine's character or the monster i think the monster is more scary <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't think modine was selling too much of a creepy vibe for me I, he was creepy but he, he didn't cre- scare yeah. me like he was creepy, but he didn't scare. They me. didn't give me that moment of like of him where you're just like, "What's he going to do next?" Like, yeah. I never, like, I want I want Walter White in that position. I want someone that is so confident in their ability that's giving enough love to somebody, or so they think, to get what he wants. But the moment he doesn't get what he wants, he just snaps. Like that's what they I didn't wanted. show him. They didn't show him doing anything that maniacal. No, like they didn't. he always was just kind of there, and even his facial expressions were kind of neutral. Like, he was okay for what he was, but he wasn't that big of a threat compared yeah. to like he could have been. I would have yeah. liked to see them make him more diabolical in terms like when when they were like trying to get Eleven to kill the cat. If he would just been like, fine, look, cat's done. Like, yeah, this is what that happens. That guy's an ass. Like, yeah, you know. Oh, you want a Coke? Thing. I'll give you Pepsi now. That's what you're like. That's <laughs> yeah. what I want to know. No. no. And then she changes it to Pepsi with her <laughs> like, mind. You're like. <laughs> Here's some RC Cola. No one ever wants that. Um, uh, but no, like, like I, I have to say to that question, I think the monster was scarier. But um, I do like, I saw a tweet somewhere that was like, I love, they were like, I love how Stranger Things 
is focused on a flesh-eating monster from another dimension, but the U.S. government is still the main villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a, again, and I know I keep like going up the same tree, but that's also very Stephen King, where you have like actually you have a supernatural threat that should clearly be the, the main protagonist, but but the people that unleashed it inadvertently are just like wait we could weaponize this. And so they keep trying to contain it. It's very like, and and I know this. And and so you ask the Duffer brothers, they're going to be like, this is exactly what we did. Like there's a lot of elements from Firestarter and that that's a Stephen King story from the eighties where Drew Barrymore in the movie is a little girl that she's born. um, She's pyrokinesis, right? uh, Yeah. But her parents were part of a government experiment with like um, psychedelic drugs to try to get powers. Yeah. And her dad was um, a, telepath and her mother was telekinetic and then somehow she becomes pyrokinetic and because of that they try to raise her to make her a weapon and things don't go so well, well that so just sounds very, like the x-men kind of but, but at the same time though <laughs> like, like mutants having like mutants having her testing with yeah. like the little diodes on her head and everything yeah all very like in the same thing in stranger things it's like that was all like this like we love firestarter we're going to take that and slam it together with a little bit of a little bit of it in the sense of like you have these kids all banding together a little bit of et and it's like it was like all these things together and there are um, homages to things but if you don't know what those things are it doesn't hit you in the face yeah. and that's another reason why I love this like when they're dressing Eleven up like a little girl mm-hmm. she looks like E.T. going out for Halloween yes like I perfectly that so like that and was she's just as socially awkward as E.T. and it was yep. wonderful like it and, was exactly what I thought when and I saw it, that because it's almost the same dress and same wig yep. and al- almost you yeah. know um, and the very fact that like uh like the the one fake sheriff that a uh, hopper comes up to is reading Stephen King at the time. Yeah, I saw and that. it was reading Cujo, by the way, because they talked about the dog. And and then uh, later on, the the one lady references Stephen King directly. Like, there's this things in there. It's like, okay, I can get behind that. <laughs> I love when they they interviewed Nancy like after her friend Barb disappeared, and like <laughs> like the the cop just basically starts throwing Nancy under the bus right in front of her mom. Yes. But that was kind of brutal. He's like, oh, so you mean your boyfriend that they were taking pictures? You know you. Uh, that you were sleeping with and her mom's like what yeah it's like why would you bring that up that's irrelevant to your uh questioning like and that's another thing too we talk about the casting um i liked that exception of uh, winona Ryder, which we know matthew modine we know as well but they were cast in adult roles yeah like all the kids are unknowns but even like nancy the, the older sister like she's she's really cute but she's not 2016 cute yeah she's 80s cute 80s like cute. she looks like she would be in a john hughes movie yes and that she, was she had, a, she had a very like all little those, impish little like look to her that was a little those kids like they, yeah. you know like even steve you know you know that you know what you the, mean young q he yeah. looked like he looked like the actor played q on star trek next generation oh yeah he looks like a young john q Delance. yeah it's totally like that's what happened like to him and then he ends up with the upside down and becomes a q that's what happens yeah and then <laughs> like i don't know there was something about uh like uh, Will's brother Jonathan, I kept seeing like Benicio del Toro. With I kept those, seeing like like, like uh, River Phoenix, like a little bit of like yeah, that kind of. You're right, a little that I don't know, but um, but but yeah, it's like all the kids and like um, the kid who plays Dustin. I has I don't have the actor's name in front of me right now, but Dustin is like my fa- he, he's my favorite character on the show. He's he's like the one. He's the most sensible kid in the group of the of the four of them. Um, he's also the most outspoken, but. Because he he physically has uh, whatever they call the, the situation where his baby teeth didn't come in, mm-hmm. he has a very distinct speaking voice. Yeah, and it's just like it fits this kid perfectly. And he's yeah, awesome. Does. Like I, I just love him. I liked all those kids. Yeah. Like like I liked Lucas. 
I liked um like Lucas was always the one that was like trying to be logical about everything. He was the realist, yeah. He yeah, was he like, was the realist. Yeah. And then like like Mike was like Mike reminded me of a kid in high school I went to high school with, but like the D you know, he was the DM and like that he totally seems like he fit that role. Like he wasn't quite the leader of the group. Yeah. But at the same time it's like like if you look at it from like a like a like a Dungeons and Dragons point of view, it's like yeah, I could to- I would totally say that that dude is probably the DM, you know. So yeah, and, um, it's just the kids are great. I also love that like you got the feeling that they all they would do is probably make fun of each other the entire time, but the yeah. moment moment anybody comes near them, they're all together. Like yeah. and it's like that's your friends, and that was so good. And I think another reason why something like this also resonates with us really well now is that you made the comment that they go outside, that they go do things, that they go downstairs to play games. The 80s is far enough away from us to be like, oh, remember the music and everything, but it's not so far away technologically that we can't, I mean, we're, I mean, it's clearly before smartphones, before the internet, but you had, you, you know, you had television, movies, video games, like Dungeons and Dragons. It was just enough for us to be like, okay, you could still relate to that time as opposed to looking at 1988 or 85 and going back to 1955, where that feels like an entirely different world that Marty McFly went to. And if you look at it this way, like 1980s, the 1980s were like the boom of of a, a pop cultural generation where you had things like VHS tapes, you had more movies, you had video games coming out. Like we can still look back at the 80s as children of the 80s and 70s where um, we grew up in an era where it was like we still all go outside and play every day, but we can still go back and watch John Carpenter movies. Yeah. Like nowadays technology is so deeply seated in everybody and everyone that – there's going to be a time where people won't look back and they can't think about a time when like there's constantly stuff thrown in front of them, whether it's like an Xbox or Netflix or Hulu. Yeah. You know, so like it's fun to go back to that. You know, eventually I don't know what is going to be fun to go back to. Well, and it's also a challenge too. just from I mean, a, I know that sounds weird, but no, it's not like I mean, uh, from a creative standpoint, um, we are at a point now, like if we do a movie now, that's like the same idea. Like you have that, there's a whole sequence where the the sheriff um, and, and I think his deputies are going through microfilm in the yeah, library. Microfiche, yeah, yeah, and it's all this stuff, right? And it's like that's tedious, and they have to go through and dig all that. It's like now you just Google it and be like, oh shit, this lab does all sorts yeah. of sketchy things, you know? Right. And it's like, and and it's like, <laughs> I remember one day at work because uh, I work with like a lot of you know kids in their like early twenties, and um. Me and my one buddy who's like, he's in his 40s, but we were standing there and we're like, does anybody here know what microfiche is? And they're like, no. I'm like, yep. Yep. Like, right. Yep. Does, does anybody actually know, remember going to the library and using the card catalog to yeah, find the something? Dewey decimal system. Yeah. And yeah. actually going through the, yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, you think about it now, like this summer, what do we, we got a Ghostbusters uh, reboot. We got um, yeah. like, I'm, there's something else. There's a couple other things like Pete's Dragon just came out, which I know that's more 70s. Yeah, well, we, but, yeah. but but we go back to 1983, and it's like E.T. just came out. Uh, Evil Dead was out. Uh, the Thing was out. And yeah, did you like, like they threw the thing yeah, in there? Yeah, I saw that. The... Yeah, the poster. No, no, he's uh, watching the movie. The, movie, the, yeah, the yeah. one guy was watching the movie, yeah. That made me happy. Yeah, um, yeah. but it's like a lot of the stuff that's still celebrated now, Star Wars, so much Star Wars talk Well, for them. And they had like the toys. They yeah, had the Millennium Falcon. Like levitating and, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, and it's, it's like, are we that far removed? We're not, you know, and it, and it feels like that still touches on 
all the things. It's so it's at, an easy thing to look back at. But think about it, like things things have gotten. I don't want to say desperate in times now, but like desperate things. But if you look series. at but if you look at the eighties, like like when everything started to boom and you started to get a lot of movies like Star Wars, the things the, you know, the thing, Evil Dead. Nobody was going back and looking at things from. Well, I mean, the thing, yeah. But nobody was going back and looking at the fifties or anything and going. You know, let's remake this movie. Let's re- let's revisit like Casablanca. Let's, there, you know, there was a little bit of it, but not the same. Not it the is way now. that it is now. Yeah, like, because uh, I mean, if you like, we were making the joke. Uh, was it not this week? Not this last. Not the show, but the show before, because we did the box office barometer for was eighty six. Yeah, I, I think, think it so. was. Um, if you looked at like, or no, even the trivia we did last year, last week, last year for Transformers thirtieth anniversary. Yeah, I rattled off five movies that were in front of it that weekend. That's that's not what like you. There was just so much more like competition because that like getting people out and doing that because cable was just starting to boom. Uh, the yeah. video industry was starting to pick up speed, but you right. so you had to have all of that. And I'm not saying that's better. I'm just saying that's different. Um, and so because I don't want to be that person wax wax nostalgic and be like the 80s were so great. I grew up then. There were some shit times there too. Like oh, and yeah, there, there was. and there's shit times now. So. Uh, shit things. That's that should, no. That that's not the name of the show. But um, I, I feel like though that you can turn back because you you always want to remember the things that you love fondly. Um, I just this this show felt like it. It was just it was just everything it, that I loved about the the yeah. books I read then the movies I watched then. But it didn't. I don't know. It's just it felt there's like, an earnestness to it that that current projects don't yeah. always have. Well, current pro- current projects that want to do something like that will. Try to find a an anchor of the '80s. This didn't have an anchor of the '80s. It did a good job of being original to itself. Like I felt like I was back in the '80s without having to like have like Ghostbusters thrown in my face or Transformers thrown in my face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it didn't. It didn't. Like they could have had it easily whenever Eleven had encountered a television for the first time. Roll through every single '80s thing you know. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, like, they threw He Man on there. Yeah, but I mean, you could have had like for Sesame a split Street. You could have had every. You know. Yeah. You know. But they could have. They could have easily just started throwing in everything. You know, Ready Player One style. <laughs> yeah. So and Joe Joe knows I was going to say this. Like, well, Stranger Things is that. everything that Ernest Klein isn't, and I said that. You can quote me. <laughs> And I, I hope that uh, Netflix, dear Netflix, uh, when you when you put out new promotional material for Stranger Things, be like Stranger Things is everything Ernest Klein isn't. Quoted to Paul Stebman of Invasion of the Podcast. That there you go. That's my quote. Because um, if you like, go back to listen to our Ready Player One episode, um, that is '80s done wrong. And uh, Paul's, like that, that, that's that's all I'm saying. Paul's holding out till Space Jam Two with Ernest Klein comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I. I feel like we've kind of skipped over parts of the show. That's okay. It, it, and I know we kind of gave away the ending, so that's not okay. But um, I loved, I loved um, how they didn't have to necessarily explain this other world other than they found it by accident. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, how they had the visual cues of oh. the Dungeons & Dragons kind of as a through line through the entire thing. Aliens. Why do we have to have aliens, too? Like Why? the movie. Like oh. at the end when they find Will and the things in his body, I'm like, really? Come yeah, on. I mean, that's I mean, but like if we're talking, because like, we were talking yeah, I mean, about, but then also Hopper found an egg that was cracked open over there too. Remember that he found? Yeah, and it's like it, you're right that I didn't necessarily need that, but it wasn't so like I don't know, like I just I, I that's didn't why I really feel bad for it. Will. Like I feel yeah. bad for Will because like Will makes it all those months in another dimension with no hazmat suit yeah. to just at the last two days or something get kidnapped. 
not kidnap, but taken by the monster. And then like when they find him, and it's just like, oh, he's all gooped up on the wall like aliens. Yeah. And then they like pull him back, and he's just like, oh, he's making a recovery. And then it's like, well, nah, maybe not quite, not. maybe yeah. not. You're just like. But Damn. he's still excited to get an Atari for Christmas. I just want to point out that he's still excited for an Atari. Yeah. Though he might be harb- like, like carrying something that is going to kill the rest of the world. He gets to play Kaboom. That's really Do what I was hoping for. you think he knows? Did you get the vibe he knew what was going on with him? Yeah. Because the fact that he's paused, he's like, I have to go wash my hands. And then his mom's like, he washes his hands now. Like, you saw him, like, holding on the edge of the sink and looking in the mirror. Like, he had the look of his face of, like... This is happening again. But did I don't know, because when he coughed and that thing landed, it was like he didn't acknowledge it. I think that, I mean, I don't know, but I, I think the, the whole of him I blinking it, in and out of yeah. uh, upside down, I think that's happened to him before. And he's and he just doesn't want to bother anybody with it. Like, cause, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, he knows so, what's going on. Yeah, probably. so um, I, I feel like the biggest victim of the entire show, though, is Barb. Everyone yeah. gave her, everyone forgot about Barb at Dude, the end. It's just I like, felt bad for Barb too because Barb just went to the stupid party that she shouldn't have gone to. Barb was female Paul Stedman. That's really what was going on. <laughs> she was that girl that went to the party with the guys, and then and then it's like, hey, I'm just out here by the pool. Can we go home now? Oh, you're going upstairs now. Well, can we still go home? All right, I get. Is there anything on TV? All right, I guess I'll just wait and drive my friend home then. That's how that yeah. that was my high school there. That's oh, how I'm that sorry, felt. Dude. Like, I mean, and I wore the same mom jeans and had the, no, 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 no. She did have some hardcore mom jeans. She had some mom jeans. But that's how, I was like, that felt like a very real thing. It did. Yeah. So. um, I was like, I was hoping that that her and Will were going to get pulled out. Like yeah. together and i'm like and then who was it was it 11 that found her body and yeah. it was just like oh by the way, no that's by the not way, good f barb she's done like we're moving on yeah. no more barb yeah it was yeah. like nope, nope, <laughs> nope. i love i love when they went to the army surplus store though and yes they were getting all that stuff and he's like what are you kids doing either hunting monsters okay and and that felt like a shane black moment like in a good that, way you're right um that felt like a nightmare on elm street moment of just like we're gonna go we're gonna go and get as much stuff as possible oh by the way i'm a teenager with a gun buying bullets no one's questioning this like yeah. that was uh you know like the, the stranger times indeed so you know anyway. what i you know what i, li- I would have liked a good uh meta joke with my nona writer shoplifting a telephone and some some uh some, <laughs> some, some christmas lights that's something too that was never resolved she's like got some christmas lights in her jacket and he's like hey hey where you going joyce like, yeah um so that's the other thing too is that they never they never um figured out what happened with their store debt like by the way everyone's yeah. all happy at the end it's like all that atari that maybe you got for your son did you get that on credit because yeah. I don't think you made it up with because you bought every Christmas light ever, by the way, which that's the only thing that's going to be my only complaint about the whole thing is that they took the time to show that she figured out that her son's still out there because of using the lights. And that's cool. In fact, I liked it. But she went crazy town and did the whole entire alphabet on the wall with all the different Christmas lights. And they used that device once. They didn't go back to it. I uh, yeah, I would have liked a cool to visual. Seen, I would have liked to seen that <sighs> used more. That was a good idea. Like because when she started writing letters, I was like, oh, that's clever. Like what? Like because she clearly they went to the upside down, which is basically like the screwed up version of our world. It's basically like the Darklands from Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. But anyway, or um, the Shadow yeah, Shadowlands or whatever, right? And they end up at her house in the upside down. And as they're walking around, in reality, lights are firing off. Yeah, like you think that she'd have been like. Oh, that's how Will did it and went over and would touch the wall. And then 
like like see if anybody would actually hear like, her yeah, be like mom's here like um well they you figured know, it out or be like her, yeah. make sure you buy bread because we're almost out or like yeah. you know other <laughs> other messages you know like um are, is that a girl in the house get her out now yeah. type of thing you know? no girls when mom steve does. is a dick you know like i don't know but uh that's my only thing is like it's a really cool visual really neat idea only used once not that i need to have it used repeatedly but I don't know. Like, I felt like they took a lot of time to set up that idea and they didn't follow through a whole lot on it. Yeah. Anyway. So any other thoughts about stranger things other than we loves it? No, it was a great show. I mean, we had our reservations about it. Um, I I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, if you haven't seen it, you kind of already heard the audio version of it now. Um, just imagine what we just said, but like way cooler and Kevin was there and he saw Jake the Snake <laughs> fighting, uh, fighting some guys out in an alley. Yeah. Uh, um, so, no, uh, but yeah, Lee, please let us know your like uh, thoughts. I know uh, Mr. Steve King of the Silent Slasher, which they're about, about back in production. Oh, yeah. Uh, I so, saw, yeah. I, I can't wait to jump back into it. I was, um, I saw their Facebook post that the Slasher is going to be back. Yeah. Because it's been, it's been, um, uh, it's been a lot of backstory. Well, and I feel like what he's trying to do with that is very similar to what, like, in the sense of this, like, here's what I loved about this time frame. I want to try to do my own thing with it and and pay, you know, honor to what came before, but also kind of be in that line. Uh-huh. So I mean, I'm not, you know, like, they're different mediums, they're different stories, but I feel like he it was, like, he's hitting that same type of vibe that these guys are doing. And I and I hope that, uh, I hope that you've had a chance to watch this before you listen to the show, because I don't want to ruin it for him, because it feels like this would be right up his alley. So yeah. if not, just remember... Send the science slasher after to kill me. That's all I'm asking. We're getting closer to Halloween. Kill me, Steve. Kill me now. Um, but yeah, that, if that, that's not reason enough for you guys as listeners to go read science slasher just to see Paul in it, I don't know. Right? I just I, like that's a that's a bucket list of mine. The yeah. the, it, the last of it, right? Because I'd be dead. Um, please hit us up on our social media. It's uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're getting a lot of um, talking there recently. A lot of communication. We love it. Uh, we're uh, at Twitter at uh, Invading Podcast, uh, and we have a Gmail at Invading Podcast. Sorry, Invading Podcast at Gmail dot com. Um, please like let, just talk to us. Like tell us what you like about Stranger Things. Say we love the show, or why did you ruin it for us, or other such things. It would be wonderful. So now we have a game that Joe's going to play with me. So. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so I wanna take some water and just spit it I up ca- in the air now. I came up with some Dungeons and Dragons, advanced Dungeons and Dragons questions. Advanced. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons okay. questions. There have been many incarnations of Dungeons and Dragons. Um the kids actually played the third edition of regular Dungeons and Dragons, because it was like 83, because Advanced Dungeons and Dragons didn't come out to like 85, 87, I think. Okay. Um, but I'm going to try to use that system because they just tweaked it a little bit. But anyway, so um, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some multiple choices, too. So it won't be too hard. Uh, one of them I didn't have multiple choice for, but it's just one answer. and I want to miss it. Well, no, it's it's not. I don't think it's too hard, but it could be. I don't know. All right. So. In uh, Stranger Things, uh, they call the monster the Demigorgon, which yeah. the Demigorgon was uh, the first monster that they run into while you when you were introduced to the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so my question is, where does the Demigorgon live? So, and the choices are the ninth layer of hell, uh, the plane of dread, the eighty eighth layer of the abyss, or the cold wastes of Clumdar. Uh, Erie, Indiana. No, um, the B. B. 
Yeah. I have A, B, or C. Uh, oh, sorry. B was the... Uh, um, the what was? Give me the options again. Sorry. So ninth layer of hell, plane of dread. Plane of dread. That's what. Yeah. Okay. Plane of dread. Okay. It's actually the eighty eighth layer of the abyss. That sounds like something you made up. So. It's not. <laughs> well, no, I'm not going to get. Okay. It. <laughs> it's advanced. It's Dungeons advanced. Well, the demigorgon is actually the the self proclaimed prince of demons, and the demons reside in the abyss. Oh. And there is an infinite amount of levels of the abyss. So he's an eighty eight. But there could be a bunch of other stuff. If it's infinite, how do they number them? Well, they can count down. Well, it's just, but... You can count back up from 88. I, I guess. Okay. So, so just... All right. So originally, it wasn't called Dungeons & Dragons. Do you, um, do you know what it was called? I can give you multiple choice. Or, Please, the multiple right. choice. Uh, was it originally called Eberron? Uh, Hero Quest, Wizards & Warriors, or Chainmail? The first one, Eberron. Eberron? Yeah. No. It's called Chainmail. 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 Chainmail was... Is it Chain and then M-A-L-E? <laughs> no. Welcome <laughs> to Chainmail. O- oddly enough, Eberron is a a, a a game campaign setting for Dungeons & Dragons now. So. Where it's all dudes. Yeah. We're Chainmail. We're Chainmail. Chainmails. Let's see. Um, what are the two primary casts of dragons? So there, there are basically two kinds of dragons. Okay. Um, and they're kind of filtered into one category or the other. Okay. Do you know what like, the two different? Well, okay. So you got your how to train your dragon dragons, right. and then you got your Game of Thrones dragons. Right. So that's that's my answer. I don't think that's right though. Well, okay. I'll give you a little <laughs> bit of a hint. There's there's good baggin there there's good baggins. good baggins and there's bad baggins. No, there's good dragons and there's bad dragons, and each one kind of falls into one category okay. or the other. So you can only have one or the other. Okay, so, so give, you can... Give I did, see, this is the one that I was... Oh, I kind of um, fell short on, so... Uh, see, like, I, you're going to make me go into all the dragons I know, and I that, that doesn't really answer any questions. Yeah, it's not so much like... Okay, well, so I, I won't... I know I, you're trying to help me here, I won't but I ding really, you on this one, but they, they basically fall into... There's either chromatic or metallic dragons. Oh, see, chromatic I know. Okay. Like because so I, of I should have done Warcraft, better on the multi-choice. You yes. know, the, they have the chromatic dragon flight there. I know right, that, yeah. they do the same thing. Okay. And then the bronze dragon, or the dragons that are good are all metallic, like the bronze dragon flight. And, oh, okay. Because so, right. it's the same thing at D&D. All right, so uh, one of the famous campaigns for Dungeons & Dragons was the Temple of Elemental Evil. What town does it start in? Uh, I'll give you multiple choice. So, uh, Homelet, Duskin. Waterdeep or Helm's Deep? Erie, Indiana. No, uh, <laughs> Duskin. Yep. So I just, everybody, if you listened last week, <laughs> Joe did really well with my really easy Transformers quiz. And um, so I can tell you right now that I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I know you never have. Yeah. And I, I think this is more of... The only written tabletop game I ever did was a Star Wars one in high school. This is more of a, pl- I don't know, a play along. I, I, I know No, I enjoy questions. this. I'm just wanting to let people know that like... Duskin is actually a, a fictional world or a fictional uh, city or a Dungeons and Dragons city in the world that I run games in. So. Oh, well, I, I should have looked at the Joepedia. You should have looked at the Joepedia. But it was Homelet. That was the name of the, oh. the village. See, it sounded like you're saying Hamlet, so I just Hamlet. couldn't do it. Yeah, Ham- it's Hamlet. Um, all right, this one, this one, uh, this one's kind of like I don't expect you to get this one unless it's. I mean, I mean, I've done so well with the other ones. Yeah, this is kind of. I feel. I mean, don't don't feel bad that this is. I expected <laughs> most of these to be, you know, throw spaghetti at the wall. Um, so there was a game mechanic that was used to a, to to attack in Dungeons and Dragons. 
What was that game mechanic called? Was it... This is Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Advanced, okay. Advanced, okay. Was it base attack bonus, um, ACP, hit chance, or Thacko? And one of these were... One of these, this is what you use to, like, attack monsters. You'd say, this is what my such and such is. See, I'm going to say, like, the hit one, they they just said hit Hit chance, chance. because that seems most logical, but that's not right. You say hit chance? Hit chance. Okay, it's not hit chance. Is it ACP? It's not. It's actually Thacko. Thacko. Thacko meant two hit armor class zero. Wow. And it was the most effed up way to, to probably attack something. So you had to count backwards negatively. So instead of saying like... Like to the 88th level of uh, whatever. So this is how it works. So like, well, base attack bonus is actually put into the game later, which makes sense because it's all addition. So like if my armor class is 20, you have a base attack bonus of five. Mm-hmm. You got to roll a 15 or better to hit them, right? Yeah, I mean, so yeah that add. makes sense, yeah. So Thacko, the way that Thacko worked is my Thacko score is 12, okay? Your armor class is negative uh, five. So... You have to hit. You have to. You have to roll a seventeen, so it goes the other way. So you, if you have a zero armor class, then you need a twelve to hit. If okay. you have a negative one, you need a thirteen. If you have negative two, you need. Yeah, it was so weird. I feel like I'm applying for a student loan or something right yeah. now. Like, it's, oh, adva- what's your, it's advanced. What's your, what's your Thaco score? Like I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Is it positive? Is that bad? Yeah, I'll, it's kind of negative. Is that good? I don't know. And I'll never forget. Like this, this girl I dated in school. Her brothers and her dad played. Dungeons and Dragons and she would like sometimes play with them and like one day like she came to me she's like because she knew I played she's like okay so explain Thacko to me and I'm like ah I I can't even like this I don't know who the hell made this so you broke up with her uh, on the spot no no No, I tried to explain the best I could but she's like okay but anyway um all right so in original advanced Dungeons and Dragons what was the best strength score you could start with okay was it 10 was it 18 over 100, 25, or 100? 100. It was actually 18 over 100. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so so this, this weird mechanic, here's another weird mechanic. So you had your stats, like your strength, your intelligence, your charisma. It went from 1 to 18 when you kind of started. You rolled dice to get your stats. Okay. Strength was the only one that when you hit 18, there was a percentage scale. So if you had an 18 strength, you weren't just 18 strength. Then you had a percentage you had to go through. So if you had an 18 over 100, you were stronger than a guy that had like an 18 over 25 or an 18 over 62. Okay. It was so bizarre. I feel like some of these rules were made up because someone didn't like the way things turned out originally, so they added an addendum to all this. Be I, like, agree. Oh. I agree with it's you. It's like, oh, you have an 18 as well? Yeah, but I have an 18 over 100. All right. This one might seem a little easier. So what are the six dice types used primarily in Dungeons & Dragons? Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, You're talking about shapes? Yeah. Yeah, it ranges from one to whatever. Oh, well, I mean, you have your regular die, the five-sided die. That's one, right? That's what we call it. Not five-sided, six-sided die. Six-sided, okay. Sorry. Six-sided die. I'll tell you. You've broken my brain. Everything's going to be even numbers. Okay, six-sided die. There is, um, you got your your 24-sided die, right? Not 24. I don't know. 12 sided die? You yeah, got 12 sided die. You got 12. Can I phone a friend on this? Um, I should phone a friend. Do you want to phone a friend yeah, on I this phone, one? I want to phone a friend. Okay. Um, all right. I'll, I'll be right back. Joe, you entertain them. I'll be right all back. Right. Yeah. All right. So, I'm coming back. All right. One second. Done. Done. Paul's going hey, to phone a friend. Mary, are you available right now? <laughs>
oh, he needs to phone a friend for for dice. So yeah, um, also if you guys have any cool D and D stories, okay. post them to the page. Uh, wait, did you get your phone a friend to come in? Hey, don't be googling this. All right, all right. So here, just sit, sit down for a second, please. I know. Okay, what are Sorry. What are the six dice types that are primarily used with Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, percentage dice: d twenty, d twelve, d ten, d four. Um, now you want more? One. You're missing one. D six. Oh, we got d six. There's one more left. That's a percentage: d twenty, d ten, d four, d six. All right. All right, is D eight? Oh man, I never yeah. use that one ever. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, thank you for serving your purpose. Okay. All right. Got to have those D eights for the long swords. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> All right. So, and this one here, this is another close one. Okay. So, this this might you you, you got it. You got a one in six chance to get this one right. What type of dice do you use to calculate fireball damage? There's a specific one of those six dice you use, I, and you you I'll give you a hint. You roll multiples of them, but you use one. Oh specific my ones. gosh! I, so okay, brief aside. What Joe's talking about right now, he says Advanced Dungeons and Dragons is making me feel like when I took every math class in high school, where like I'm sure I've walked into gaming shops and I've seen these dice, and I've talked to Joe, who was my friend, who was proficient in this game. But then everyone asks me questions, and all I want to do is either like look at my phone. Or cry. I don't really know the answer to these questions. Like when I was in math class, they would be like, here, Paul, here's how you do foil. And it's like first outer, inner, last. I can remember what that means. I have no goddamn idea how to apply it. Like I don't know. And so basically you're, you're, you're almost getting to the point of just like, wow, Paul really doesn't even know simple ge- geometry, algebra, or Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm, I'm well, just, you've you never know, played D&D, so I can't hold this against you. Or done math, evidently. Well, this so, is no different yeah. than the the whatever the... The Japanese commercial ones. It's all kind of like a... There's no way I'd know that. It's just for fun. <laughs> I am being scored on this, though. So anyway, so I, I've got none I, right, by the way. Yeah, you've got none yeah, right. I'm so, not scoring you. Um, I, don't, I don't know the answer to this question about what That's kind of dice. Six-sided it's dice. a six-sided dice. Okay. Six-sided dice. The most obvious one. The one I should have picked. Everybody wants it to be more, but it's not. Um, yeah. All right. How uh, many dice are in Yahtzee, Paul? Five. I know that. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So... What were the six original classes of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons from 1987? I'm going to say warrior. Okay. Uh, wizard or mage, unless yep. they're the same different nope. ones. Okay, you got to have you got to have a bard. Yep, bards. Okay. Um, I'm going to say ranger. Nope. Or thief. Yep, thief. Um, paladin. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So how many do I have so far? Uh, you got four. Four and I, there's two more. Mm-hmm. Uh, rogue. Uh, being there, a thief, 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 thief rogue. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, there's, there's, and I mean, okay. I'm going to give you a hint. You can, you can kind of go through wild classes and probably get most. Well, get the well, other two. Yeah. But I was, I was honestly trying to think of like, you know, yeah. So I mean, dude, the shaman. No, no shaman. Shaman, shaman, no. shaman, shaman, no, shaman, shaman, no. Um, warlock. That doesn't mix. Right. But you already said mage, yeah. uh, priest. Got yep, priest. There you go. Okay, that was um, a priest, and then even last though, one. Even though I said cleric, last one's kind of kind of out there, but it's it's WoW and it's D and D. Um. Hmm. Panda. Oh, panda, monk. Yep. Okay. So. Wow. See. <laughs> there you go. You got. One I wasn't right. going to say death knight or demon hunter demon or. Hunter. Uh, 
All right, so this is probably this is a two part question, but if you get if you get one of these, which one of them is kind of obvious, I don't know if you know or not. So, who were the creators of Dungeons and Dragons? It was two guys, Gary Gygax, okay, and Gary Gygax's friend. Yes, you're right, and Al Gore, Al Gore Gary Gygax's yeah. friend. So, it was Dave Arneson was okay. the other guy. See, I knew Gary Gygax just because Futurama. Well, yes, ultimately, but it's like the fact when he passed away, it's like. Oh, okay. That's that's one of those guys that you got to remember, you know, because yeah. he cause he shaped gaming. That's I mean, oh, honestly, yeah. you know, and all. Oh, so. yeah. yeah, but the falls of Gygax, or whatever they called him, Gygax falls in the the one Futurama movie they did. Yeah. So anyway, and then uh, what year did D and D debut? Uh, 1974, 1980, 1979, 76, or 1983? I'm going to say 76. Ah, you're close. 74. 74. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Wow, that was uh, fairly brutal. And then the um, there, there is no, oh. there is no dice rolls here to save me at all for all of this. Last question: What was the original publishing company of Dungeons and Dragons? Was um, it Wizards of the West Coast? That's no. not the original one. No, that's no. The, well, that was okay. one of them. Was it Wizards of the Coast? Wizards of the Coast. I'm sorry. Was it AKW, TSR, Milton Bradley, or Hasbro? Oh, TSR. Yeah, that's TSR. Why do I know that? Why do like, of all I this? Don't thing, know. Just, I, okay. Yeah. I really thought you were going to sneak a Ready Player One joke in there because there was a whole Dungeons and Dragons bit in there. Well, they did uh, Temple Emo- Elemental Evil. Is that it? Was from Ready Player One. Yeah, okay. that's one of the Gary Gygax wrote that with somebody else, but it was a it was a famous campaign. Okay, so there you go. Clearly, I don't know any of this stuff, um, but that that was fun. As in, if you like, I, it was kind of like putting me uh like and who wants to be a millionaire and i just kept failing the easy first question every time it's like sorry paul you have to go you know yeah. so all right um that'll do it for for us this week um i'm i'm now a shell of my former self i don't paul's know. been defeated by I've dnd been, I, yeah i've been defeated <laughs> defeated there's not really there's defeated not, and defeated there kind of is a way to lose dnd but paul lost dnd <laughs> every time i'd go play dnd like my mom would be did you did you win i'm like you can't really win mom we're still playing a campaign so like is this something where like um once i resurrect i can come back and maybe get my stuff is that how bad it was like no I'm, you're you gotta give me your character sheet i tear it up oh all right well anyway this is my been my last show with uh Vigil the podcast yep. uh, so i'm gonna roll a new host next week <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he gets an 18 double out strike. Yeah, and hopefully it's just like, oh, he presses buttons better, too. His dexterity will be up there. And, <laughs> and charisma will be higher, too. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Um, not sure uh, next week. I know we keep teasing, and I don't think it's going to happen Mystery next week, but we, we keep teasing Saturday morning cartoons, oh, yeah. talking about it. We want to do that. We want to give it. It's just time to do it. Yeah, it needs um, but yeah, I Or we could just do a whole D&D cast. Do, we, <laughs> I... I I wouldn't be, like I would think it'd be I, funny. I wanted to do a D and D cast last year because they released fifth edition last year, which oh, not the new edition. Well, that is the well fifth edition. <laughs> yeah, the new edition. Yeah, sorry. I'd yeah, they've been through like so many editions, but then yeah. they just started stamping numbers on them. But I haven't I haven't played D and D in quite some time. Like in quite some time, I mean, like a year. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I well, I mean, I think it'd be interesting if there. I know it's not possible unless you really can come up with something creative to at some point do like a really small campaign, like. But then it would just be the two of us, and I don't know how much fun that would be to kind of roll through. Oh, that. I've I've run one on one campaigns. Before. Okay, it's I think if you find kind of like a, like a capsule campaign of some sort where like every every so often like, like hey Paul, it's it's your, this time of the week where you got to make a decision. What are you going to do here? You know, that's the that, problem. Yeah. Is like you know, I'd hate to say it. Like there would probably have to be. A little bit of editing for the silent parts, because there's a lot of times where it's like you need like a minute or two. You mean all that wonderful, that whole bit there where I was trying to grab a friend there? And uh, (laughs) And I was trying to talk. No, no, no. But like for real, like it's like if I'm like, okay, this happens. It's like, what do you want to do? Hold on. And then it's like, 
Yeah. But no, that would be that would be an interesting cast. You guys should let us know if you want us to do a live uh, D&D game cast. Yeah, I would do that. I mean, like maybe maybe we just segment it out where first you make me go through like a like a character sheet or something and we could talk about that. I don't know, like doing like step by we step. We could do kinda. that. Yeah, no, that would be yeah. cool. Like a prequel. Like you could do like like the the game is is like building a character and then the next game we play or the next cast we do is like we play the game. Yeah, whatever. I think it'd be fun to try to figure out a way to make that bite-sized and entertaining and and maybe we can learn a little, laugh a little, love a little, you mm-hmm. know, all that. So, um but yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh Again, um, check out Stranger Things. It's on Netflix. I uh, can't say enough about that. Amazing show. Um, and, and if you have not seen it, then please don't let our ruining of the plot. Just We cannot make that show bad. So please just, just watch it. There's some magic there. Um, again, hit us up on our Facebook, uh, the, the, uh, Twitter, Gmail, other words I can't I think of right now. Also, please, if you can do so, uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher and give us uh, good reviews. That would be helpful. And... Um, speaking of uh, other other shows um, that uh, like Stranger Things, uh, Strange Highways, because you got to have the word strange in there uh, that I do with Kevin, who uh, once saw Joe fight Jake the Snake in an alleyway uh, by a bar. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to keep adding on that story where eventually Joe went on tour with Jake the Snake and whatever. Uh, we, won, we, we won King of the Ring. <laughs> um, uh, we have taken a couple weeks off just by scheduling uh, everything else. Like, like the crazy things have been here, been happening so, there as well. How many? So you're how many episodes of Strange Highways do you guys have? Um, we have. That's a good question. Um, I should I should know that off the top of my head, and I don't. Um, I know we're at like twelve. Okay. Like that. Yeah. How many episodes of Twilight Zone are there? Um, like a hundred and something. Okay. No, not hundred something. I'm sorry, that's not right. I see. This is a Twilight Zone podcast that I host with Kevin. I should know this, and I don't know it off the top of my head. So there is. Um, you guys going to do the outer limits once you run out of strange or? Uh, um, well, that was my whole my whole goal here is uh, I want with with the, the show being the way it is. I want to take detours, so to speak, and that's what we call standard strange highways because you're going down different different roads, right? Um, we want to go in different directions sometimes. Like there's Night Gallery, which is Rod Serling that he produced in the eighties. Sorry, seventies, eighties. The movie, um, TV show, a TV show. Um, so let's see here, Twilight Zone episodes. I I'm going to find that out. You asked me that question. And it's going to bug me. Originally, there was 156 episodes. Okay. There you go. So I was kind of right. And we've only done like 11 of them. Uh, so you go in chronological? Yeah, we go in chronological. We go chronological. Um, I try to give a little bit of information about the air date, like what happened, like what the number one song is at the time. Uh, you'd be surprised that the song Mac the Knife is there a lot. Uh, <laughs> I hate Mac the Knife now. No, um, but we try to we try to like give a little bit of detail, like. Because a lot of the shows are more, the, there's been a few that we've done that have been about like the space race kind of, and also like, you know, um, we don't know what's out there. It was really interesting what was actually going on timeline in, in the U.S. and in the rest of the world in terms of the moon race, how there's a lot of that going on at the same time these shows were airing. And it was really kind of cool. Um, I always keep a cigarette count going on in all the episodes too to see what's going on. And just try to find like um, like the episode we're going to do next is uh, for a show called The Four of Us Are Dying. It's like episode 12 or 13 of the first season. And it, it's with the guy who could change his face. And this was um, less than three years away from when the chameleon appeared in Spider-Man. So it's kind of like oh, wow. there's there some interesting. Actually, yeah, that's that's wow. That's yeah. crazy. Well, the chameleon actually appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was 
He's one of the first. Yeah, he's one. He's like the first villain and like one of the first villains. Well, no, he was. Was he the first? Amazing Spider-Man one. Amazing. Yeah, in Amazing Spider-Man one. I'm sorry. Yeah, so we're like even though they're different characters. I'm thinking of the Vulture. The Vulture was an Amazing Spider-Man too. Yeah, um, that we're we're getting close to that that era of the Marvel Marvel. golden age and you know, we're getting up yeah. close to that so there's a lot of cool history around it uh we try to break down um like uh themes all that stuff too so please check out the show at strange highways uh we also have a facebook page and and we're on stitcher and itunes as well um i encourage you guys i know we just talked about stranger things um we're hoping that you've already seen it uh if the twilight zone is something that you have not watched yet or have not watched in a long time episodes are like 22 minutes Watch it, listen to the episode. Our episodes tend to run a little longer than the actual runtime of the episode, but I think what? it's a lot of fun. And this is run long. <laughs> yeah, we're oh no, no, shit. No. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, but Sorry. No, no. It's just like um, it. It's it's my way of. We talked earlier in, in the year about our like our nerd year resolutions or whatever, right? I've always wanted to watch the Twilight Zone from start to finish. I've watched a lot of it, but not all of it. And I figured, what what better way to do that than watch it with a friend and talk about it and really yeah. dig into all the episodes, cast, crew, all of that. So I, it's a cool show. I think it's a cool show. Um, but if you guys haven't chance watched it, watched it, listen to it, check it out, please. So there's my five minute discussion about another show. As we had a whole podcast about another show. All right. So anyway, that's it. Um, have a safe week. Uh, go go watch summer. Watch some guys. Touch some guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to tell two friends and tell, tell two, two friends, friends. And they tell two friends. And they tell and two they friends. tell two friends. About our show, not about touching guys. No. 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 keeping this curiosity door locked.